Okay, we'll do the intro. Yo guys, what's up? Welcome back. If this is your first time, hey, welcome. Hi, this is quite a video for you to start on. <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk to you guys about the educational system. Why? Because I feel like that is where, I mean, we all went through school. So that's the foundational system in which we grew up in and how it set us up to be who we are today. So I want to take a dive and talk to you guys about how the education system failed us. Yep, that's exactly what this video is going to be about, is how the education system failed us. So stay tuned. <laughs> first things first, the big thing that I want to start off this video is by saying that the educational system failed us. Now, I feel like a lot of you guys already know that, but I want to explain to you guys how exactly it is that it failed us. The system set us up to fail and it continues to set up people to fail. We have gone through generations and generations, years and years of this education system not changing and it just isn't beneficial to us anymore. It was created in a time when the US needed workers. We needed more people in the workforce. We needed a labor force and so they created this educational system to breed a generation of workers, not thinkers. There is no order here. These are just the concepts in a list format of what they taught us and how it affects us today. The first one being to be obedient. Yeah, when you hear the word obedient, you think of an animal, like you think of a pet, you think that you're training them and teaching them to be obedient to your commands and every will. So. When you put that in terms of school taught us to be obedient, you're thinking, no, no, they didn't. Like, I would hope not, but in reality, they did. The one that I think isn't obvious, but it should be, are bells or alarms or whatever it is that indicated to you, hey, time to go to the next period. That right there is you being obedient. Anytime you heard the alarm going off, that indicated to you, hey, this period is over, so now it's time to migrate into the next one. And you are rewarded if you are on time, so you sit in class and you don't get detention or you don't get in trouble or whatever the case may be. As I'm saying all of this, I'm just kind of like, wow, this is fucked up. <laughs> There's one teacher in the class, one teacher that's in the front and a classroom can be full of, I've been in classes for up to 30 to 40 students. That's a lot of kids to fit into one class. So you have a mass of students here and you have one teacher. That one teacher is supposed to educate all 40 kids right there. And the only way for the teacher to be able to take charge, to take command of a room, which is so fucked up that I'm saying it in those terms, is a lot of the times they would do some sort of merit grades. So it would be like if you're paying attention, if you're staying focused, if you're at the in the front, of the, sitting in the front of the classroom, those students are the ones who the teachers tend to gravitate towards because they were the obedient ones. They were the ones who were doing the homework. They were the ones who were raising their hands in class. They were the ones who made eye contact with the teacher and with the board. And I remember at one point in my elementary school, I had a teacher who Bless her heart, like I don't think she had any malintentions because of this, but I remember she had a system where every day we would start off, we would go into class and we would all start off on this chart and we would all start off at like a neutral chart or we would all start off in this neutral position. It was like a good student or something like that. You could either uh, raise your, your pin up to be outstanding 
if you did something good throughout the day, if you did something that the teacher liked, then you would get like a good noodle star, like SpongeBob. <laughs> you would get stars. You would move up and you'd get just a little bit of special treatment from the teacher. And then if you were a bad student or exhibited bad behavior, then you would lower your pin to be um, like a troublemaker or it would just be bad. I think that was the word. I can't really remember. Probably not, but for the purposes, it's bad. And without knowing it, that just sets up a kid to feel excluded. And for all the kids to feel excluded, now you're basing off my merit, not in terms of effort or not in terms of if I learned this material or not. It's in terms of am I obedient to the teacher? Am I sitting in class following along? Am I, you know, raising my hands? Am I asking questions? Am I exhibiting this stellar behavior so that I can move up to be classified in the outstanding category? Or am I... Um, Crack, being the class clown and cracking jokes, interrupting the teacher, being disrespectful. And then I moved down and I get in trouble. And I remember there were times where some kids would go down and everybody in class would be like, ooh, it's, I don't know, it's just a kid thing. <laughs> People were so much more, kids were so much more fascinated and paid more attention to when a kid got in trouble and was lowered than when kids were raised. For some reason, we tend to remember the terrible and the negative events that happened rather than the good ones and the positive ones. Let me put that into terms that translates into now. If you were a good student who followed along, who did exactly what you were told to do, um, paid attention in class, and um, you know got the A's in class, that translates to you are a worker who listens to your boss gets the deed or task or job done in time, goes above and beyond and takes on other people's workload. And the term quiet quitting doesn't apply to you because you want to, you feel like productivity equals your worth. So you're trying to do as much as you can so you can get your boss to notice you and be like, oh, this is, I'm going to give this person a raise because they're doing such great, good work. If you were the kids who didn't follow along, who didn't pay attention, who would rebel, that translates into you're slacking off. You're not being productive in time. You are degrading the company. You are being disrespectful to the boss. You're being disrespectful to the company. In school, if you were the kids who got suspended, who failed a class, who kept getting in trouble, that translates to you're having a talking to by your boss or with your boss. You're having um, a manager monitor your every move to essentially like hover you and baby you throughout the job to extreme measures. If you get like suspended or expelled in school, that translates to being fired. One of the things that I will never understand is the fact that some teachers believe they have autonomous control over the students in the class to the point where there were times when I had to use the bathroom. My little sister had to use the bathroom and she would ask permission. She asked permission to use the bathroom from the teacher and the teacher said, no, I'm, I'm sorry, what? No, I can't control my bladder. That's not something that I can say, hey, bladder, let's go pee right now. No, I can't do that. If I have to go, I have to go. So the teacher was very persistent on, no, lunch was just five minutes ago. Why didn't you go then? Well, I didn't have to go then. Well, you should have thought about going because now you're interrupting my class, but I didn't have to go then and I have to go now. Why am I going to go when I don't need to go? 
well, you should have thought about that before you can't be set foot into my class. Like, these back and forth debates about, really, I need to ask fucking permission to go to the bathroom? I'm going to pee my pants. Sadly, that's what happened to my little sister. I'm not trying to put her on blast here. <laughs> Absolutely not. But that also happens with other students, especially when you're in elementary school and in middle school, maybe sometimes in high school. For some reason, there are teachers that believe that you need to go pee during your break, during your <laughs> your non-working hours. And if you decide to get up and leave during the middle of your working hours, you're considered rebellious. So there are kids who have peed their pants. There are kids who were sick and threw up in class because the teacher would not give them permission to go out and use the fucking bathroom. That is extreme. That is absolutely extreme. And it kind of reminds me of the horror stories that I've heard from Amazon employees. I have friends who currently work for Amazon and they hate it. They absolutely hate it because they are being heavily monitored by the other employees there. Or they're, um, they have to like track their information on their phone and you have to clock in and clock out precisely when you need to go take your 10 minute break. When you're going to the bathroom, if you clock in a minute late, you get in trouble or, you know, just extreme measures like that, which I find crazy ridiculous. It's just like, dude, calm down. One minute is just one minute. But in their eyes, they see it. If you're one minute late, you're slacking off. You are losing my productivity time because you decided to pee for one extra minute. Like, I have no fucking words. I have no words. Which leads me to my next point is always be working. School taught us to always be working. If we're not reading a book, if we're not doing our homework, if we're not being productive in class and learning, then we are considered that we're slacking off. So that when we graduate and we go into work and we're not working in, in our working hours, that means we're lazy and we're being unproductive. And the company is losing precious money because you decided to take an extra five minutes or because you decided to stop answering emails because you needed to rest your brain a little bit. For me in high school, and I'm sure this applies to a lot of high schools out there, I only had one break which was lunch. It was one hour and we had, I think a thousand kids in our one grade. Oh, wait, we had two grade levels in my, my comp, we, we had two grade levels in my lunch. I remember that we had the seniors and juniors were in one lunch period, freshman, sophomore were in another period. So imagine trying to squeeze 1500 kids into a lunch room or a lunch area or whatever the case may be and feed them all in one hour that means they get poor quality of food because you're just trying to pump out as much as you can in one hour how is low quality food going to stimulate and nourish our body so that we can go back into class you're telling me i have to sit into three three hours in the morning paying attention into class i get one hour of my freedom and then i have three more hours that i have to learn at some point our brains just stop learning our brains stop absorbing information because you are now force feeding and force cramming all of this info into our heads that at that point our brains have nothing else to do but try to retain the information try to memorize it 
We don't actually have time to sit and learn it. We just have time to be force-fed all this knowledge that just doesn't stick with us. You know, by law, by law, we had to establish a minimum of 10 minutes every one and a half hours of work because we were being overworked. If we didn't have those laws in place, I bet you, I guarantee you that companies would force us to continue working nonstop. Nonstop. And with the lunch break, I bet you if we weren't given a lunch break, they would probably try to force us to continue working during our lunch break. That is why in high school we only had one break. We only had lunch. is because they tried to force us to stay in this schedule of you're learning information, you get one hour of your freedom, and then you're learning information because they're losing valuable time. They're losing precious time. School already starts so fucking early. And we get out so late. We spent eight hours in this institution. Eight hours. You will pretty much only remember the first thing of your day and the last thing of your day. Anything else in between is mush. And speaking of force-feeding us information that leads us to memorizing and not actually learning the information, leads me to my next point in which we memorize things. We don't learn them. Because of the precious hours that we're losing in the day, for some reason, they always view it as we're losing time, that we don't have enough time. Guys, we have plenty of fucking time. We're at school for eight hours. Eight hours, that's a lot of time. <clears throat> so, <laughs> back on point, school teaches us to memorize things, to not actually learn things. It teaches us that we're learning things in phases. We're learning the materials that we need in grade one enough to get to grade two. And forget everything that you learned in grade one, because that doesn't apply to grade two. And then from grade two, you know, grade three and so on and so forth. So by the time that you are a senior in high school, sure, you know, you do need to learn the addition of subtraction that you learned in first or I can't remember what grade that you learned it in to be able to do calculus. But why? Why, why is it that we actually are sitting here and we're retaining, trying to retain all of this knowledge for the test that comes in the end of the year to see how much you actually memorized, not learned, memorized, so that you can make it into the next grade. We did semesterly exams. So at the end of, of the school semester, we had to, we were all forced to take this exam to see how much information we actually learned. So then that way, we're like, oh, okay, you qualify to pass into the next round. You qualify to pass into the next semester. They didn't really care about if we actually learned the material or not, or if we actually understood it. They're like, no, can you plug in A and B to get C? And that refers to math. Of course, English is something completely different. I was really good at math because that was very logical to me. I understood the quadratic equation. I understood the... <laughs> I understood how to divide and how to multiply and I understood all of that stuff. But for me, I struggled in English. Also because English is my second language. So if you haven't picked up on that yet, just letting you know now. <laughs> the thing I think that made me really good at math was that I can see my teacher doing the work in front of me. So I was able to easily 
I say, oh, okay, he did this, this, and this to get this. Cool, let me just copy exactly what he did and apply it to like my, my problem. And yep, figured it out. I, I had a hard time in English because one, Spanish is my first language, but mostly because the way that I wanted to interpret things, I was always told was wrong. But it also confused me because it's, I thought you said that we are allowed to interpret things to our own understanding. And yet, I remember any time that I would take a test, any time that, okay, what did this author mean by this quote? Did he mean A, B, C, or D? And I would first read the quote and be like, okay, I think this is what he meant. And then I see the options and I'm just like, well, shit, none of what I thought is on there. <laughs> so that's where I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot in the format of how English wanted to be this interpretive, to, wanted to be this like liberal, you get to interpret it, interpret it however you want it, but yet this these are the right answers. So sucked at that, but fucking stellar at mathematics. And by figuring it out, that also meant that I was actually able to figure out how the education system worked when I was so young. I knew and even though I sucked at English, here's the thing, I quickly caught on that I just had to do enough to get by. And if I did a little bit more, that meant I got A's. All you really got to do in school is follow along and give them what they want. So if they're telling you, hey, this is going to be on the test, that's actually the number one question that is asked in school. It's not, how do you do this? How do you do that? Wait, how does this work out? No, it's is this going to be on the test? And as soon as the teacher says yes, you see the kids writing it down. Why? Because that's really it. That's really all the information that you need. Is this type of example, is this type of problem going to be on the exam? Okay, then let me memorize that. Let me prioritize memorizing that so then that way I can forget all the other shit and then focus on this. So as soon as I figured that out, school became really easy really easy here's the thing I hated school I hated school but I was really good at it <laughs> and now how does memorization and not learning transfer to today to like the adult world it's learning things on the job you memorize how to do certain tasks you memorize how to do specific problems or answer emails or whatever the case may be so that you can get by in your job and if you put in a little bit more, then your boss sees you and you're like, hmm, okay, this person's good. We might consider them to give them this next big responsibility project. And once you become really good at that job, it's because you spend X amount of years or X amount of time at that job, which is why you were able to, at that point, memorize. It's muscle memory, how to do this job, that once you decide, hey, I want to quit or you get fired, you forget everything that you did at that job and you move on to your next job. And same thing, you memorize everything that you need to memorize for that job in specific and you move on. When I'm saying you memorize this for this one job and then you move on and you do something else, that's I'm referring to if you're, for example, working at a burger joint, something like that, and then you decide to move into retail. Sure, some of the things will take over and, and apply but for the most part, it's a completely different job. It's a completely different field. So you have to relearn. You have to learn new skills for how to do that job.
There are definitely jobs out there that require you to actually learn and understand the information. Absolutely. Please use common sense here. So when I said that um, if you do a little bit more, you get A's, this is my next point. Schools, the education system, prioritizes grades over understanding. In the U.S., the school system grades us through letters A through F. A being exceptional, outstanding. F meaning failure. C is in the middle, so it just meant average. B was above average, and then D was below average. So that, that's our range. I know that in Mexico, and I'm sure that this applies to other countries as well, they grade based off of a 1 through a 10. 10 being exceptional, amazing, outstanding, and 1 being a failure, 5 being average, and everything else in between. Schools and even our parents are t teaching us and telling us to aim for the A. Of course, because why wouldn't you? Everybody would want to achieve the A because it means that you are amazing, you are outstanding, you're exceptional. Instead of getting an F, which means failure, that you, you failed. Nobody likes that. Nobody, we were taught to fear the word fail. Kids who got A's in class were made to feel good about themselves. They were praised because that they were this gifted student. When in reality, it's, you just did above and beyond the work that was required. You did the extra credit. You were the kid who stayed late to do tutoring or whatever the case may be. And there were some kids who took it to the extreme where anytime they got A's, they would rub it in other kids' faces. They were the kids that they're like, oh, look at my A. I'm exceptional. I mean, I'm better than you. Without realizing it, at some points when you are constantly getting A's and you're told that you're amazing and you're told that you're great. I mean, yes, that builds your confidence, that builds your self-esteem. So when you keep hearing that you're exceptional, you're amazing, you take it in and you're like, my ego is so lifted. That means that I'm better than other people and that you're bragging to other people. Not even a fucking humble brag. No, it's you at that point are taking your A and making the kids who get C's, D's and F's feel worthless, feel useless. Hola. There are some parents out there who love to gloat about their kids to other parents. So then parents were also taught that A's are amazing, that everybody should be striving to get an A. So then they are forcing their kids to learn. They're forcing their kids to, hey, you cannot spend time on the internet. You cannot spend time doing video games. You cannot spend time with your friends. You got to sit here and you got to read the book so that you can get an A in class. Everybody, especially, I love my parents, especially people of color and immigrants, when they came to this country, they were told that you had to do things a certain way so that you could be a stellar kid. So then they took that and when they started raising their kids, that's what happened. They thought that in order for you to succeed, you have to be an A kid. You have to be the top of your class. And if you have siblings, unfortunately, this leads to competition. This just brews competition because if you have a kid who was an A kid and excelled in school, and if you have a kid who has Bs, Cs, some As, then you're pitted against each other. Because at that point, 
parents start to be like, well, why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you be like your other sibling who gets A's all the times? And it's like, did you ever stop and think that we learn differently? Not all kids are the same. When you start to belittle a kid who doesn't do above and beyond, who doesn't do outstanding work, that kid, some kids, you after hearing that for so much and so repetitively, they take that in and they're like, wow, I'm worthless. I can't amount to anything. I'm not an amazing kid. I am a nobody if I don't have an A, if I can only get Fs. And if you were one of those kids, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that because it's not you. It's not your fault. It's not at all. So don't, I really hope that you'd never thought that, but I know there are kids out there who did. And so I'm here to tell you, hey, I hear you. It's not your fault. You learn differently than other kids. You learn at the pace that you learn. And if there were kids out there who were assholes because you got Fs, well, you know what? Fuck them. (laughs) And did you know that just because you get an A in school does not mean that you're going to go amount to great things? No. And just because you get a a D or an F in school doesn't mean that you're not going to amount to great things. Fun fact, a lot of people out there who did make it big time are kids who didn't get A's in class. Well-known people who succeeded in life but maybe not in school are Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Ben Franklin, Russell Brand, Simon Cowell, Steven Spielberg, fuck man, George Lucas got rejected from USC. And you know what he did? He said, okay, fine, no. And then went and did Star Wars and you went back to UNC and said, hey, I'm gonna start a school and here's the money. You guys are going to start this cinema school. He got rejected to the school and then said, I'm gonna one-up you then. And he founded a school at USC. If that's not successful, then I don't know what is, man. So like I was saying previously, Not all kids are the same. You cannot expect a child in a classroom of 40 kids to learn at the same pace as kid number two. If kid number three is learning at their own pace, that's because they need to learn at their own pace. And if kid number two is learning faster than kid number three, that's because kid number two just happens to be able to learn quicker. That doesn't mean that they're better, no. Not at all. It just means that they have the abilities to process the information a lot quicker so that they can make all of the connections in their brain and be like, ha have their eureka moment a lot quicker than kid three. Kids just need time. Kids need patience. And there are different learning styles out there too. There are four basic types of learning styles. You have visual, you have auditory, you have reading and writing, and you have kinesthetic, which means tactical, like you need, well, I'll explain in a second. Oh, also, kids can be a mixture of all these four. So if you are a visual learner, you need visuals, you need images, you need graphs, you need to see somebody do it right in front of you so that you can understand and process, oh, that's how you do it, got it. 
And if you're a kid who is auditory, you need somebody to explain it to you. Take the time to actually, you know, follow step by step so that you can hear and be able to have your eureka moment. If you're a kid who is a reader and a writer, then you need to, you can easily read it on your own and be able to process that information. You need to write it out to be able to process that information. Awesome. That works for you. That did not work for me. <laughs> And if you're a kid who's kinesthetic or a tactile, that means that you physically need to work out this problem to get to the solution. If it's building something, you got to build it and fail probably a couple of times so that you can figure out how to do it. If it's um, a math problem, then you have to physically do it out a couple of times so that you can figure out how to do it. You learn at your own pace. And just because you're slow, that's the thing I can't, I don't like. That kid learns faster than this other kid. Or this kid learns slower than this other kid. No, it's not a fucking competition. We all learn at our own pace. We all have to take the time that it takes us to be able to get our aha moment. When you have one teacher in a classroom of 20 to 40 plus kids, it's really hard for that one teacher to be able to spread all of this information and expect all 40 kids to learn at the same time. That's just not how it happens. And when you're teachers, if I hope some of you are watching this, if you do not slow down, if you just keep going and like bulldozing through all of the problems or all of your curriculums, you're going to have kids left behind because you are a little bit egotistical and thinking that you can just easily say everything that you need to say, present it, and bam, my job is done. And when you are prioritizing memorization over learning, when you are thinking that all of these kids learn at the same time, at the same pace, that's when the kids that get left behind, the kids that can't read fast enough, the kids that can't uh, memorize fast enough, when they go out into the real world and adults, in the adult world, they get fired because you're not working quick enough. Why are you being unproductive? You're not being productive enough. Take it back. You're not being productive enough. So then they get, they get let go. They expect the working force to work at a certain output to meet the demands. And that's not how humans work. We're not fucking robots. Because like I said, they are the people who are teaching us to be workers, not thinkers. Make that make sense. School, college especially, should be teaching us the foundations to being an adult. They should teach us our personal finances or how to do taxes or how to just live life and how to be how to take care of our mental, physical, spiritual, emotional health, how to build wealth, how to cook, how to do laundry. And you know, there are some things that like are forced onto the parents, I get it. But even then, like school should be teaching us because honestly, we spend eight hours, eight hours of our day at school. So they should also have a responsibility in teaching us these tactical skills. And there's just so much more. Oh my God, don't even get me started. So much more that we can go on through with the education system. And I will make another video about the education system because this is just talking about like grades one through 12. We haven't even gotten to college yet. Ah, I have so many points on college that we got to talk about. <laughs> with all of these concepts that the education system taught us to be obedient, to always be working, 
to memorize, to not learn, to prioritize grades, to prioritize money over understanding. These set us up to fail because the education system was built in a time where they needed workers. They needed to breed workers. And we're not in that time anymore. We need to be breeding thinkers. But yet capitalism doesn't want to do that because if they're breeding thinkers, that means that they're breeding other business people, other capitalistic people. So when then when they graduate and they start building their own companies, that means that now you have more competition. Oh, but we can't do that. We cannot have more competition with the capitalistic world that we already live in. There's already so much competition and we don't want any more. We want to keep all the money to ourselves. We want to monopolize. This is how, funny enough, this is not where I wanted to get to, but this is how capitalism affects our education system. And it continues. I will be talking about this in another video. So stick around, like and subscribe so that you can get notified when the other video comes out. And now that you know this information, and now that you can share this information to your friends, to your family, to other people that you think this is beneficial to, this gives us a leg up. Now that we know what the school teaches, now that we know now what to teach our kids and what not to listen to at school. Like, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it to people who you think will benefit from this information. And honestly, share it with anybody and everybody. And I'm gonna go because I have to use the bathroom. So my name is Katara Stephanie, this is the Life Experience, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. <laughs> that we're slacking off. <laughs> marker on my arm what the heck when did this happen okay besides the point um <laughs> kind of um you know goat your ego float your ego goat your ego not grope that's very wrong Mwah. if you were a stellar student that <laughs> Unless, you know, you um, actually have a job that is important. I don't say that every job isn't important. I'm saying, <laughs> fuck, how do I get out of this? <laughs>